Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within, and this week I'm going to be talking about ETFs again. I did speak to you about the ETFs recently, and I wanted to talk a little bit further on this topic. Now, you'll recall that I mentioned that ETFs really came to prominence around the time of the GFC when everybody was focusing on what the industry wanted people to focus on, rather than the fact that their accounts had fallen so far and there were no stop losses or downside um, risk management approaches with most managed funds and people's accounts were left to ride the wave, basically. The focus then was that they shifted people's attention to fees and the ETFs came to prominence because they were able to provide investors with a low-cost alternative to investing in uh, through financial advisors so that people could just go and directly invest in ETFs themselves and pay lower fees or not pay advisor fees. Now, many people shifted that way, but what that created is a false sense of security really because okay well you're paying less fees it's not the fees that really kills the returns over time if you look at the sort of decline that occurred in the GFC which does occur on a, to, a, to a degree um, every 30 to 40 years on the market and there are big corrections roughly every 10 and 20 years on the market and so what happened is people forgot the fact that okay if we had have been able to manage our downside risk and use stop losses to exit when the risk became significant then uh, we wouldn't have ridden the wave down but we wouldn't also be worried about um, half a percent whether we're paying half a percent more or, or even one percent in fees the focus would have been on the th- the more significant impact that can occur uh, when there's a major market correction so ETFs have multi-purposes though and as I said in my previous podcast I know that um, Dale encourages people to invest in individual stocks because you're likely to do better than the market over time just investing in an ETF especially index ETFs will leave you exposed to the run of the mill and whatever the market does the thing with ETFs though is they can be used in different ways to um, get exposure to different areas of the market and even to get the opportunity to gain from a market decline. So there are some ETFs that can be purchased that allow you to get the benefit of the downside risks and also to use as a hedge when the market pulls back if you're intending to hold stocks in your portfolio more than just a short-term proposition this is for more medium to longer term we know that the market is cyclical so every year every two years 
every four to six years the market will have a pullback and it's about being able to ride out those waves if that's the strategy that you've taken in your portfolio and so the ETFs could be used in that sense um, they're also you've also got the ability to have exposure to different areas like commodities so you can have ETFs that are exposed to gold and also ETFs that are exposed to mining and different areas of the market rather than just a more broad brush exposure so people think okay if I've got an exposure to the broader market then that reduces my risk well no not necessarily because you're not ruling out market risk you're ruling out specific risk of the risk of the individual share that you could be holding that's true however you're not ruling out market risk and I think that if your focus is to rule out individual stocks or specific risk then it's sort of a lazy way of doing things rather than actually learning what you need to learn and being able to choose stocks that one potentially could have lower downside risk than other shares and two to be able to benefit from the upside of some of the better performing stocks on the market so like West Farmers, Macquarie, those types of shares that have historically performed well, they're good trading stocks. There, there are times when, say, West Farmers is not a good stock to be buying and holding because it can trade sideways. Macquarie, there are times when you shouldn't be holding Macquarie because it can be one of the more volatile financial stocks in the market. But when it, it's, it runs, it really does um, give a good opportunity to make some profit out of it. So there's a couple of good stocks. But in terms of ETFs, um, a hedging ability allows you to actually keep a position open while taking an opposite position in the market. So as an example, this means that if you, say, believe that your holdings um, could fall, then you could take a hedge to offset your downside risk until confirmation exists that the downside's over. Now, this doesn't mean that you can avoid having to learn the direction because one of the most important things that you can understand, regardless of what your strategy is in the market, is to understand the direction of the market. So if it's going up or down, that's really important, obviously, because if you're planning on taking a hedge against the market movement then you need to be confident of that otherwise the hedge can actually um, it's it's a waste of time and effort in having that hedge in position because it won't be achieving anything so the idea is to if the market starts falling away and it gives you certain signals to indicate that it's likely to continue to fall then it may be appropriate if you've determined what the potential downside for the market could be to take a hedge position now, with the upside, as soon as the, the market turns and starts to move back up again, of course, you can unwind that hedge, close the position, and just leave your holdings open to get the benefits of the upside. Look, um, I think that the, the challenge is with all of the ETFs in the market too, and I just want to digress a little bit from the discussion on hedging, is that it, I, th I honestly think that it, it changes the nature of the market because if you look at some of the stocks and the way that they've unfolded, and this is probably more for people who are able to look at charts and understand it, and I'm not talking about opening up your broker account in Comsec and looking at a daily chart. You won't see the wood for the trees in doing that. It's about changing the settings. Um, that's one of the things that always gets um, under our skin is that 
they automatically default to a daily chart a lot of these broker websites so change it to monthly so that you can see and look it was back as far as you can on the chart to see what's happened over time with the particular stock that you're interested in but if you're looking at what's going on you'll you'll see that some stocks during the correction and even markets if you're looking more bigger picture unfolded in a very similar way so our market unfolded in a similar way to what the u.s market did the u.s market's been a bit more volatile but this, the pattern is very similar and so what we're starting to see now with more and more concentration into managed funds that are um, replicating the market we're more likely to see this duplication of the way that the market unfolds and and the way particular stocks unfold in more volatile times so it depends on where the money is and how it's being controlled and what the focus of that money is which i think is a real shame because what that means is that we're likely to see Australian fund managers just copy whatever's going on in the US market to a degree. Now, we've always talked about the fact that the US and Australian market are different and move differently at different times. So they're in the most volatile periods of the market. You could see big corrections on both markets. And we commonly see the Australian market and the US market falling at around the same time when these bigger cycles, lows come in. So I guess it doesn't matter what your strategy is. If you're looking to trade ETFs long or you're looking to use ETFs as a way to hedge your portfolio, the most important thing you can do, as I said, is understand direction. But you need to be able to read a chart. Don't just think, oh, look, I'm going to... I've seen people... um, take options over their stocks and not really understand the underlying and how the underlying moves Um, there are simple strategies like writing calls over the top of your shares to get extra income but it's really important that you still have to understand the direction of these shares and, and how far they could rise so understanding rules to buy and sell understanding how to open and close your positions that's probably a second the second most important thing to understanding direction so first understand direction and how the overall market or stock is unfolding to be able to determine whether or not to apply your hedge and next you've got to have rules and a strategy to decide when you actually start or open that or turn on that strategy Um, i guess um, if you're really starting from the beginning you're just going to be complicating a portfolio by trying to put more things over the top of it and that's commonly what we see when people have gone through a a broker that's encouraging people to have an option strategy on top of shares or have some other strategy overlaid over the top of their share portfolio and people I've spoken to over the years have been shocked especially when there's a major market correction to see what's happened to their portfolio and have in hindsight realized that they didn't even understand what was being done with their portfolio so the most important thing is to one understand how the downside risk is being managed and then to be able to um, have a decent amount of knowledge yourself in that so what we do is we aim to educate you first so if you've read dale's books that's probably the best start for anybody who's beginning in the market looking to run their own portfolio if you have etfs currently then you really need to do your research on those you can a good place to start looking is the asx website so that's where i suggest you to look and there's a whole list of um, exchange traded funds or exchange traded products that are on the on the asx that you can find out about 
but if you are thinking that you can avoid um, being at learning how to trade the market or understanding direction just by having an ETF, again, that's a bit of a misnomer, like thinking that, okay, I'm going to pay lower fees if I have ETFs, but then you're still exposed to 10, 20, 30, 40 or 50 percent downside when the market moves into some of these bigger cycles. So just be aware of that. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my discussion today. I look forward to talking to you again next time. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst at Wealth Within. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.